Ohio State has a starting quarterback, officially. It's me. It's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. No, that doesn't work. That's well, two guys. I'm just going to get some reps with the first team still occasionally, but Bill is the starter. Thanks. That makes sense. Welcome back to Snap Judgments on the podcast. Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. And uh, the new starting quarterback is the same one that started the last two games. <laughs> so, I don't know. Does the designation matter to you? I don't think it's a surprise at this point, but... Ryan Day has called it. The battle is over. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of business as usual. I suppose if you are attributing any of their lack of efficiency toward rotating quarterbacks, then this probably makes a difference. I, I don't know if, if I do or not, or at least, you know, maybe that's part of it, but not, not the main reason. Um, but it gives them a better chance, I think, of playing their best football or the best football they've played up to this point this week and then hopefully going into South Bend firing on all cylinders. So it makes sense. Is there any famous athlete slash sports entertainment figure that ever said that it was important for people to know their role? Yeah. Yeah. And then once you know your role, you're also supposed to shut your mouth. Okay. So now that Ohio State's quarterbacks know their role, maybe they'll be more apt to just do what they do, right? I was wondering where you're going to go with that. (laughs) I think it's important for guys to know their role. And in the last couple weeks, when you do this back and forth, it does make it a little bit convoluted for people to figure out, okay, how many am I going to get this week? What's what's the plan for this practice? So now I think you can give both Kyle McCord and Devin Brown a chance to go out there and just focus on getting better without all the outside noise. And so if you ask, like, does it matter today? No, this isn't a surprise. It's it doesn't we, matter what your name is. It doesn't matter what your role is. But we all expected it. He, well, he started yeah, this, he not did. me. We all expected it on Saturday that Ryan yeah. Day would do this today. And I think that it's very good to get it out of the way. So whether it means a lot or means little, I think it is good for just the psyche of these guys moving forward to say, hey, this yeah. is the starter. This is my job. I'm going to get better at this, and I'm not going to have to keep looking over my shoulder, et cetera, so on and so forth and whatnot. Yeah. He did say that it's good for Kyle McCord's peace of mind, which I think is some admission that maybe there was a little bit of, of that happening, which I think is natural. So that maybe uh, eliminates it. And I think it also plays into how much, again, it's hard for us to quantify that. The offense did not seem to be running the same playbook when each one was out there. And I don't know that that's great for the chemistry and conduciveness of the rest of the offense. That would just be my theory. It seems like Ryan Day probably tends to agree with that, or he would have continued down this road longer than the first two weeks. But this gives you clarity on what Ohio State can wants to do at quarterback, what it wants the identity of the offense to be, and should allow them to grow into that. We'll see. The results will be on Saturday. Um, but already when you go back out on the practice field today and tomorrow for Ohio State, Randy said, well, yes, this is no longer a 50-50 proposition the way that Devin Brown said it was after the game on Saturday, that they continued to rotate those reps with the ones. He will still have opportunities to do that, Devin Brown will, but now you get more of the gameplay and more of the reps and all that for Kyle McCord, and I would think that that is to the benefit of Ohio State as a whole. You would hope so, and, and they're going to go up against a defense that is not very good. I know we've, we've talked about Western Kentucky as an interesting team. It is for reasons on the other side of the ball. This is a team that is like 124th in the country in, in defense, I think. South Florida moved the ball on them. A team called Houston Christian, not sure which level of football they play at, um, had some sustained drives against Western Kentucky last week. So pick your quarterback, let them play the whole game as a starter, let your offensive line continue to gel, work it to your playmakers, and like go put up some fireworks for the first time this season. Who were they? Houston Christian? Houston Christian. A bunch of jabronis. Yeah. It's a song by Night Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. true. <laughs> That's the quarterback situation. I don't know that we need to belabor it because we all anticipated that this was coming for Ohio State, especially after Saturday. Ryan Day, uh, if you were reading between the lines, basically made that clear on Saturday, but he wanted to be able to have a conversation with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown about that before talking about it publicly, which has now been done on all bases. So what else did Ryan Day say that had your attention? Berm. What he didn't say, what Jim Knowles didn't say to me is just about the pass rush. There, there is a unwillingness to put any sort of onus on this for some reason, at least publicly. I assume that there is a conversation happening internally, but to me, Jim Knowles saying that's their, they're, they're doing their job. The ends are doing their job. I, but then to acknowledge that on Saturday they played extremely loose with the containing the edge and setting the edge, which if that is their job, they did not do a very good job of that on Saturday either. So where is the where is the improvement coming from at that point? And, and I asked Ryan Day about leadership and the vocal leadership, and I thought it was interesting. The first person he brought up was Michael Hall and saying, oh, that's a guy who you, when he's out there, people feel it. You know it. But as we said on the, the rewatch on Monday, when Michael Hall and Caden Curry are on the defensive line, there's a different vibe, a different buzz to it. And so I, I agree. You can see it. You can feel it. But why are you not making sure then that those guys are out there? And if they're the ones being more productive, if they're the ones being more energetic, maybe they should play more. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Of course, um, we're not talking rotation. It's not the big deal. I'm just saying, like, Something has to give. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think the defensive line has played poorly. Like against the run, I think they've been they've been stout. They have not been disruptive, I suppose. But like teams aren't really like pushing them off the line and moving the ball. So like that that's a good thing. You don't want to see that happen. I just want to see them be more disruptive. I think. And how is that going to manifest? Like I, I tried to ask Jim Knowles about that, and Ryan Day was also asked about it. And, and Ryan Day sort of said like, wait and see until this weekend because Western Kentucky is going to throw the ball a lot. And and Jim Knowles, I think. Was he probably that. thinking thinking similarly, but he also said like he doesn't want to have to supplement the rush as much as maybe he did at the beginning of last year, and certainly as much as he did at Oklahoma State to make sure those plays are happening. And he wants to rely on the talent of his defensive line for some of that to happen, which is great if they can do it. But I don't know that we've seen a lot of proof that they can, which is a little puzzling. I just don't buy it. I yeah. mean, at the, North, Youngstown State was not throwing the ball in two seconds. They were not dropping back and throwing it on their third step. Like it was a setting up and throwing the ball. They threw it 26 times or 24 times. Like there's plenty of opportunity there to show you can get to the quarterback against an FCS offensive line. And it was not a quick passing offense. So I don't, I don't, I just don't buy it. You have four guys up front, get to the quarterback. Like I get his point saying he doesn't want to send the linebackers and do all the other stuff, but then those guys have to get home and they're not. Yeah. I think, Again, it was something that wasn't necessarily said. I'd have to go back and check. I think that the pause after my question to Jim Knowles lasted about five seconds, which was, did you have to blitz more than you anticipated on Saturday? And I don't think he wanted to truthfully answer that question. And I think that goes back to what Berm is saying. Nobody wants to... I hope that they're talking about a lot in this meeting room that's back over there behind the camera, but they're they're not talking about solutions. And I think it's also fair to say you shouldn't be publicly issuing blame. Like I'm not, I'm not asking them to do that, but they're not, I don't think giving honest evaluations about how they feel about the defensive line. You can say, and Bill, you're right. There are positives. They're not getting gashed over and over by the run. I don't, I don't, somebody asked the other day about if this team was tough enough. Like I don't have doubts about if they're tough enough to win these games in the trenches. Uh, You know, certainly what we've seen from, 
getting to the passer doesn't match up with what we saw in the few open practices in training camp or the five throughout spring. Some of that can be maybe attributed to Ohio State's offensive line. I think that would be a fair assessment too. But if you're having to bring five, six, and seven guys in in these circumstances against Youngstown State, that says more than any words Jim Knowles could say. Like, clearly they don't think they can get the pressure with four that they need. Yeah, I mean, he blitzed like half the time against Youngstown State, which I'd imagine is a higher number than he anticipated. Sort of an addendum to that is like they're not getting home either. Um, They're creating like a lot of one-on-ones. One one play that I highlighted when I was doing the rewatch at Rivals, like they they had a play where they rushed five against six blockers. One guy got double teamed, so there were still four one-on-ones there, and nobody won, including Tommy Eckenberg, who was up against a linebacker. So like it's not just the defensive line, but something is amiss with this group. I, I don't know if that is, and I don't mean it like, a miss in the way that like they're not going to accomplish their goals this year, just a miss in a way that maybe we have to do a recalibration of what the expectations are. They could just be a defense that's very good at keeping stuff in front of them and, and avoiding explosive plays without, without creating a lot of, of disruption, which is a perfectly fine way to operate. Um, I just kind of thought it would be different based on Jim Knowles' track record and all the returning talent they had, but it's not clicking right now. I guess we'll see. It's two games in, right, so it can change. But I want to see an acknowledgement that things are not going the way they wanted. But also, they don't need to put public blame on any one player or one coach or whatever. Like, you can do both things. You can say, well, this actually doesn't look the way we thought it was going to look three weeks ago, and we're trying to figure it out. Like, just say that. Don't just say, well, uh, Indiana ran the triple option, and Youngstown State, well, uh, we, uh, 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 like, that's not it. Like, just say, yes, this is a concern, and we are working to fix it. Just say that. Yeah, because it doesn't it line up. You, but you can't, yeah. I think the the difficulty is, and in, in whether you're covering the team or you're a fan of the team, you know, all throughout August, we're hearing how great, what was it, midway through after yeah. the second scrimmage, Jack Sawyer is elevated. He's getting back-to-back silver bullet of the day. We see JT Tuimolo and Mike Hall just absolutely wrecking practices, can't do anything at all. Like, that raises the expectations. The way that they talked about it, and then the few things that we saw, like they don't match up. And it's the it doesn't you can't just spend all of August be like, Lord, this is going to be a great pass rush. It's going to fuel an elite defense. And only one team in the country has given up fewer than ten points through two games. Like the results are fine. I'm looking forward. Is That's that is thing, a lack yeah. of a pass rush against Notre Dame going to work or against Penn State? or in the last weekend of November. I'm, I'm not saying that the defense as it is currently constructed is broken beyond repair. Nothing close to that. I think there has to be more from the pass rush to win a championship than what they're getting now. That's that's, And that can still happen, and it may happen on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, maybe it will, and we'll talk differently. But it's it's the fact that they have played Indiana and Youngstown State and while they have been fine, they like to not bully those offensive lines. And they're going to play a very good one in two weeks in South Bend against a quarterback who can hurt you if he has time to throw. So, like, if Sam Hartman is comfortable for that game, but I don't like Ohio State's chances, and that's what we're talking about. Like, are you equipped to go to South Bend and win a game, and then down the road, Penn State and, and Michigan? Yeah. And again, just say, right now, maybe not, but we're <laughs> working on it. Like, just just say that. Don't, don't do yeah. the dancing. No tiptoeing. Bill Wells. This isn't ballet. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I like switching back to Ryan Day, I guess. I like that he was sort of teed up multiple times to complain again about the lack of plays, and he didn't do it. He talked more about execution and, and uh, consistency and efficiency and the areas where they are coming up short, both as an offense and a little bit as a defense, that are contributing to the lack of plays and the lack of possessions. So 
That was nice to hear. That's simple math, right? I mean, yeah. if you're giving up 50% of your defensive third down conversions and you're only converting on 30% of your third down opportunities as an offense, that's bad. Yep. It's not hard to find seven more plays <laughs> out of that. Right? No. right? Right. Which is, what, again, people are going to ask him about it because it's the trendy thing to do. It's in vogue, but like, there is no there there. I think it is a valid excuse for why like young guys aren't playing more. Like There are quite literally limited opportunities sure. to do that. It is not a valid excuse for why they scored 23 points and 35 points. Yeah, the offense is hurting itself yeah. by dropping third down conversions, by having holding calls, by having not being able to pick up a yard against Youngstown State. Like That's more important than you know the other thing. I think both of those things can be true, that the new rule stinks and you're getting fewer football plays in the same amount of time during the broadcast and you're standing on the sideline with you know nothing to do but twiddle your thumbs it for felt these like long a lot breaks. of commercials like, on saturday you can so that's true the rule is bad and i wish it would go away i don't like it and i think it's bad from my experience in the stadium and for anyone who's watching at home you can tell me if i'm wrong i i don't know if you love commercials maybe it's great for you <laughs> uh you know bk i think you can have it your way i'm told uh your rule <laughs> On the other hand, like it's not the cause for some of these other things. Like the rule stinks. We don't like it. No, no, it's an let, adjustment. Now let's deep dive. Do you think that all of these breaks in the play did are, the king are, pay are, for them? Yeah, of course he did. Actively causing the offense to be less, uh, you know, smooth. And I do think they are consumed by it, and it is affecting yeah. their efficiency. It's eating their souls. Stop worrying about it. Yeah. They had their their video that they put out after the game. They're like doing these cool recaps on the team Twitter account. And Jack Sawyer's like, well, there's fewer plays. We got to be more on point. Stop thinking about it. Just go play. Every team is playing with the same rules. Yeah. Plenty of teams are scoring a lot of points. Get them off the field, and then you get Just more Just go points. play football, yeah. man. Stop worrying about it. Like, I think like Ryan Day, I think it trickle, it's a trickle-down effect for Ryan Day sometimes. He gets, like, really hooked on these things that I just think don't matter. Yeah. And then it sort of makes everybody play tight. I think he... Quite like a tiger. That's right. <laughs> I think he thought my question about... Travion's carries was also about the clock, which I didn't mean it that way. Which yeah. is why he he kind of uh, he didn't want to say there's fewer touches to go around, which I get. I what that wasn't what I was getting at. I just I don't know that it makes sense for your starting running back to leave a game with five. five there are fewer touches to go around, but three other guys had more carries in the game than Travion Henderson, well, that's, including, Devin yeah, Brown. including Devin Brown. That's part <laughs> of it. I mean, and I I think that Chip Trainum has to play a more uh, continued important role for Ohio State. So I don't, I'm not taking exception to that. And Mayan Williams is still a good running back. So five, six, and six, you know, I get it if they want to spread the workload around against a team like Youngstown State. But again, it still wasn't even that the score was out of hand by Ohio State standards. So like maybe the most effective rusher and your starter deserved to keep going. I I don't know. That, out of all the things to talk about on Saturday, it's probably low on the pecking order. So maybe it's a good thing that Ryan Day didn't want to talk all that much about it. But I do think it's interesting and something to watch because you know, you picked 50 sacks over here and you picked <laughs> Travion to run for 2,000 yards. And, like, both, I don't know how that's going to happen for both of these well, things. Well, we're going to lose. <laughs> it's not. Here, <laughs> here, I have a question, Bill, uh, because we didn't talk about anything before the press conference today. But mm-hmm. am I crazy for thinking that you could take Tommy Eichenberg off the field and known passing downs and put Steel, put Sonny Styles at the mic next to Tommy, next to Steel Chambers and still be able to keep Jordan Hancock in the slot and still be like, would no. Or, or take Steele off the field and keep Tommy out there. Like, I, got one, yeah. I think Steele's a better guy in coverage, coverage than, than yeah. Tommy. So, like, 
why not just Tommy's also around. their best blitzer, I guess. Yeah, I mean, play we don't around, know right? that. We don't know that about Sonny though. Like, I, I give him a shot. Like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't, or or take a lineman off the field and play yeah. like Sonny as like a stand-up edge rusher or something. Just, uh, I was just thinking about it today. I'm like, why not just try this? And again, I, as I said in the presser, like maybe I play too many football video games or something where you just take your best athlete and you put him in yeah. whatever position you want. Yeah. But he, they're already kind of doing that with Sonny, so I'm in favor of anything that keeps him on the field yeah. at all times. So. It seems like. The free safety role is where that should occur, right? To Perhaps. more than linebacker, to me. Well, well, yeah, because there's not any other natural free safety on this team, and we don't know if that's Sunny either. But we don't know that it's not Sunny, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Right. I'm chime in there. Right. Well, I'm just trying to think about we your proposal. Very congruent. I'm just trying to think it through the logistics of it because, like, it isn't a video game, but. This is all a simulation if you think about oh, it. Wow. I just, because I don't know where the fit is. I, we're talking about Josh Proctor and if he's back and healthy. Like, is Josh Proctor safe enough to play at free safety? I, I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out on Saturday. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I just don't know. And we've seen Lathan Ransom over there and he's not particularly safe enough to play free safety. So who's the guy that can make plays back there that you say, oh, I just, I don't know. I don't think. Taking Sonny off the field to put on Jordan Hancock to me does not make sense because I don't think that there's a noticeable difference in their abilities when you, even as a true corner, I think Sonny is so freaky that he could do that against most teams that Ohio State will play against. You're not, maybe not against Michigan or someone like that that has a, a really good athletic, you know, slot receiver, but they're not going to play a lot of those. So they're going to play one this week with Malachi Corley. Well, there you go. See, let's just let Sonny do the things. I mean, I, we can see if Sonny can cover Malachi Corley. I, my guess is the answer is no. But <laughs> Smother him. Maybe. It's legal. It's legal now. <laughs> I I think it's also a reminder that that version of Josh Proctor that Ohio State saw in the first half against Indiana is a lot more important than maybe we thought he was going to be coming into the season. But that's in run, that's in run support. Not necessarily. We, I mean, he's been fine in deep pass coverage. He's just dropped a lot of interceptions. He's been in position to make them. I mean, I guess we're I'm just worried about him speeding Gonzalez well, past a, a receiver who's in motion. Okay, well, valid concern. I have, I have, I have yeah, you've seen it like before. Trevor Lawrence running okay. through my head. Yeah. Well, that those were the cleats. Oh my God, that was so long ago. <laughs> was, yeah, they're on a slippery field. Yeah, oh, that's boy. what it was. That was so long ago. Yeah. Slippery field in Glendale. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's what we learned today. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. It seems like we're just spitballing I, I some snappy days. I think so much of this right now is about just building, building, building for next week. And I, I think that it's natural for us to look to Notre Dame and for media to say, oh, are you ready for this? But, like, the WICU mm-hmm. is coming. WICU. The WICU is coming. The Hilltoppers. The, the, and they are going to be a, a fun team to watch at Ohio State. The Saturday. implied score, by the way, is, of this game is like 48-16 to 16 or something like that. So they're – Vegas is not expecting a particularly close game. I'm not expecting close. For as interesting as we're making Western I, I, They're sound. going to be, a, a, they're going to stress the Ohio State defense a little bit differently than they have been, I think. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to get on the mic and bring the rock into it when you start a snap judgments, like, you have to hype the fight. Like, it's a promo <laughs> because they're trying to pick a quarterback so they can check the pig red directly into the SmackDown Hotel on Saturday at 4 o'clock. That's right. Okay. You've gone too far. You started this. Yeah, I, mine was this a was, nice casual reference. No, it wasn't. You've turned this into some hardcore no, nerd kind of promo. Yeah, it's hardcore great. nerd fever dream. Whatever. I love it. Whatever. It's been Snappy Jays, brought to you by The Rock, Bill Landis, 
Jeremy Birmingham, and I'm Austin Ward. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you later.